0: Welcome to the Freed Media Podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Heil, founding member of the Freed Fellowship and Freed Media. This is a podcast dedicated to bridging the gap between wantrepreneur and entrepreneur. In this episode, you'll hear one Freed story from someone who made the jump from the corporate world to the vast unknown of entrepreneurship. We at Freed Media know that the road to entrepreneurship can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. We hope that in sharing Freed stories, that you will gain some tangible tips on how to get freed yourself. It's our mission to provide support and community for those working their five to nine side hustles and jotting down their someday business plan. We're navigating the journey ourselves and we'd love to take you along with us. Ready to get freed? First off, let's welcome Maggie Parton, the other half of the Freed Media Duo. Hi, Maggie.
1: Hi, Jackie. So excited to be here.
0: This is awesome. I'm so excited to learn and share some of your awesome story today. Now, I know a little about your business journey, but please let the audience know what you do and how you got started on this venture.
1: Sure. So, I am a multi passionate entrepreneur. I have worked countless jobs in a few different industries and kind of just fell into where we are now. So, I am currently a virtual assistant helping clients. With social media management, content creation, and kind of general back end administration assistance for small businesses. Um, in addition to that, I also manage my own personal brand on Instagram at MS and Maggie. I am a remote stylist for Stitch Fix, a founding member of the Freed Fellowship, and the co pilot of Freed Media with you. Um, I am also working on an idea to change the way we interact with media that will hopefully come out in the next couple of years.
0: That is awesome. You are really getting started on this wild adventure.
1: It's a wild, wild road. <laughs> we'll see where it takes us, and I could have five new ideas tomorrow. <laughs> That's awesome. What does a typical workday look like for you? Sure. So I am pretty serious about the whole morning routine thing. So I get up, wash my face. I have like quiet time where I do like readings and kind of reflect and do journals. I'm big on. Uh, gratitude and writing down gratefuls in the mornings. Um, And then I have a tea or a decaf coffee. I absolutely cannot tolerate caffeine from coffee. It like makes my whole body vibrate. (laughs) Um, And then usually I do stitch fix styling in the mornings. Um, I make myself lunch um, at home and I usually post it on my Instagram. And then I usually do VA work for clients um, and help them out through the afternoon. I am very adamant in believing that you take time to eat and like away from your workspace wherever it is. So I take an hour long break at lunch and an hour long break at dinner to sit and enjoy food. I love to eat. It's my favorite part of the day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) every day always. Um, And then I do either more virtual assistant work in the evenings or content creation for myself in the evenings. I'm a long hour working girl. <laughs> Love That's it. awesome. How is your work-life balance kind of looking for you? It changes depending on my mood and my state of being. Like right now, I am struggling to keep up with my usual levels of intensity. Um, but I absolutely always... I take like at the end of the workday, you know, kind of five or 6 PM on Fridays until after I've watched church on Sundays. And I like, don't think about or even write to do lists for work for like that entire period. And that's my like real checkout from it. And then, starting kind of after I watch church on Sundays. Um, then I start planning and prepping for the next week and kind of all of it to come. Smart. And I go back and forth on this, my schedule. I'm a big routine person, but I get bored with it. So I change <laughs> my routine kind of cyclically every like three to four months. I'll shift it around, change up when I do things. Um, but I, I'm i a color-coded calendar kind of person. <laughs>
0: oh, perfect. So am I. <laughs>
1: And some questions that
0: always intrigues me, I like knowing about the journey that people have taken to get here. When you were younger, what did you want to be when you grew up and how did it morph into what you do today?
1: Well, um, when I was a really little kid, I wanted to be a princess. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I was adamant about it for a long time, <laughs> although I couldn't quite figure out the path to make that happen. Um, but my dad has been in real estate for my whole life, um, in commercial real estate. And I've always been fascinated by homes and buildings and things like that. So kind of from childhood until I went to school for it, I was going to run my own architectural firm. I was going to build custom homes for people. Wow. And it's still very much in my life plan to build my own home. Um, And I love interior design and home everything. But I went to school for architectural engineering because that's what I was going to get my degree in. And then Mm -hmm. I was going to build a business around it. And engineering school is hard. I it's can imagine. Hard, y'all. Like it is hard. So it really kicked my butt. And then I really thought about it and I met with a advisor at my school at the time and was basically like, okay, so I'm going to have to put in all of these hours in school by myself, kind of just grinding it out and then I'm going to have to spend years kind of <laughs> getting the experience and everything on my own and kind of grinding and like head down, just kind of busy work stuff before I actually get to do what I want to do, which is like run a business and like, um, be with clients and all of those things. And so I kind of took a big switcheroo and my dad and I spent a weekend with a whiteboard going over all the things that I like to do, all the things that I didn't want to be involved with or didn't want to have as part of Mm -hmm. my like, work life. And so I ended up planning events. I did events for a long time. I did meetings and events for an association, like big conferences that were like days long and kind of like C-suite level board meetings and mm-hmm. board retreats and like those kinds of things for a while. And then I did high-end private events and corporate events in Houston for a while. Um got to see some really crazy homes here in Houston. It was pretty awesome. fun. Some really <laughs> amazing homes or people who own homes that are just for entertaining and they own like separate homes where they live. Wild. Cool. Um and <laughs> And so I did get pretty burnt out on planning events though, because I worked six or seven days a week, somewhere between 12 to 16, 17 hours a day. I worked. Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, (laughs) New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And even if I wasn't physically like at a party, my phone would be going off because I was managing teams who were executing what I had planned. And I had, I would have clients call me like on Christmas. And it just, it it wrecked me. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It was too much for me. Even though I loved planning parties, it was too much for me. Um, and so mm-hmm. I I left corporate, and I didn't really have a plan. I just knew that I would figure it out. I just knew that I couldn't do it anymore, and that I would just figure it out. Um, and so I started styling for Stitch Fix. I got hired to Stitch Fix, and that kind of kept me through and like paid my bills and made it okay while I kind of navigated trying to figure out more entrepreneurial ventures that I was interested in. And, Mm -hmm. um, it kind of fell into my lap. Um, a family friend had been a real estate investor for 15 years and he ended up hiring me to do Digital marketing, social media, content creation, help them build a course and a coaching platform, and kind of general administration um, stuff for entrepreneurial businesses in our current landscape. And so that's kind of how I got into entrepreneur stuff. And now, um, we separated because of COVID and he wasn't interested in pouring money into advertising that what people weren't interested in investing high dollars into buying real estate. Cause everyone got so nervous about what they were going to do with their money because of COVID and everything like that. And so he just decided that he wasn't going to pour money into it, but because the course existed and he could just refer people to it as it came to And then I started taking on clients for virtual assistant because I was like, well, I've done it for one person. So now I can do it for a couple more and kind of see where this takes me.
0: Exactly. That's awesome. Things just kind of fell into your lap and you made it work. That is great. Yes. So if you had two pieces of advice for someone who wanted to make that crazy switcheroo and get on the same path as you, what would you say?
1: So it kind of goes along with that, which is really just like, like trust your instincts and your gut and just kind of like that inner feeling. Um, I, my boss, my boss and I went back and forth for six weeks. Um, when I was saying that I couldn't do it anymore and that it just wasn't, it just wasn't working. And I had so much respect for him and I loved my coworkers and everything. And I just kept saying like, it's just it's just my time like it's just my time to go and he was mm-hmm. like well i know you you're like a list organization like type a girl like what's your plan and i was like i don't have a plan and he was like i can't believe you're just going to leave this job without a plan lined up and i was just like well i'm just going to figure it out because i have to you know like right. you're just going to figure it out and so i just kind of like put that out there And I was certain that I would find an entrepreneurial venture, which is... That's what I wanted. I wanted to be an entrepreneurship. And I was certain that I would find something and that it would come to me. And I would probably be miserable had I not trusted that instinct. And then my second thing is something that my dad always says to me. And it's GSD. I'm not sure if we're cussing on this uh, (laughs) podcast, but it's get shiz done. (laughs) Um, Let it fly. And so (laughs) my dad always says that people who GSD, no matter what your position is, if you're a janitor, if you're a CEO, whatever, like the people who GSD are always the most valued. Mm -hmm. So it just means that you, you show up, you do the work, like what you say you're going to do, you do it. And so I think that that is like the most essential part of it. So like, if you say that you're going to leave your job because you're going to like explore entrepreneurship, leave your job and explore entrepreneurship, but Mm -hmm. don't just leave your job and sit around and, hope that something will just magically appear to you. Like I sent out so many applications to people <laughs> and I was calling everyone I knew being like, okay, like, do you have, like, do you need five hours of assistance? I'll organize your contacts. Like mm-hmm. I'll like organize your emails. I'll clean out anything. Um, got to hustle. You've got to hustle for it. So that's basically just that like hustle GSD. If you say you're going to do something like make it happen or if someone is relying on you, like make it happen. Um, And those are the two biggest pieces, I think. That's great advice. I know a lot of people are
0: scared to make that jump. And some don't even realize that self-employment and entrepreneurship can be a little lonely. And here at Freed Fellowship, our specific goal is to kind of build a community and bridge that gap. And especially in your previous job, being in the hustle and bustle of the event planning industry, and now being an entrepreneur, how do you handle that loneliness? Or is it something that you could improve on?
1: I definitely feel like this is that the Freed Fellowship and the Freed Accelerator is such a great opportunity because I do feel lonely. I do think that it is a lonely space. Um, I think there's a a weird thing because I really do like alone time and I value it and I'm a self-motivated person. So I usually this week is a little bit different, but usually I don't have a hard time like sitting down and just grinding out the work, hustling, whatever. But it's, it's hard because most people don't understand what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So they don't understand when you say that you manage social media, they're like, what do you mean you manage social media? (laughs) Like they're just posts on Instagram. Like that would take five minutes. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Cute. <laughs> um, so I I find it lonely in the sense that when you are an accountant, when someone asks you what you do, you say you're an accountant. You're an accountant. No one else, no one asks any more questions. No one mm-hmm. says, well, like... what is is your day-to-day look like? When I say I'm an entrepreneur, people say, okay, but like, what? Or (laughs) if I say, you know, I work from home, I do virtual assistant work, then they're like, well, what does that look like? There are so many questions. And I feel like it can be isolating, just feeling like most people don't understand what you're doing. And when you're starting a business, a lot of time you're... Most of the time when you're starting a business, you're trying to create something new you're, or you're trying to come at something from a new angle or things like that. And so it can be really hard to navigate building something from scratch that doesn't exist because there's no automatic path to do it because you're trying to do something that has never been done before. Right. And so I can remember being like so flustered, Googling things like how to do X, Y, Z, how to like do things and they would be like, there's no answers. And I'm like, why are there no answers? And I'm like, Oh, that's right. Because I'm trying to do something that hasn't been done before. So there isn't a how to blueprint. Um, and so kind of like what our conversations within the fellowship have taught me is that it's more about who than how. Mm-hmm. So I have my own magical superpowers and you have your own magical superpowers. And so it's more about figuring out what you need and the pieces that you need in term in order to build a business. And then you find the people who are great at those things. So you find an expert in email newsletters or an expert in paid ads or an expert in sales funnels or an expert in podcasting or you know, experts in these parts and whatever parts that you need for your business and an, an expert in small business accounting, bookkeeping, like those kinds of things. And you just find those people which one helps take stress off of you? Because there's only 24 hours in a day mm-hmm. <laughs> for each person. Doesn't matter how big your dreams are. There's only how much. <laughs> regardless time. of what Beyonce says. Yes, like re- regardless <laughs> of how many hours Beyonce has. Like I only have 24 hours in my day, and I value sleep and self care and all of these things. And so um, it's more about finding the. People and the support networks to get you where you want to go, as opposed to kind of this mindset where you have to protect your business and it can only be you because you are the only person who can execute it to your vision or the only person who can do it as well as you can. When in reality, someone's probably spent 10 years learning a skill that you're trying to learn on YouTube. Yeah, They can easily just come in and you say, I want to do this. And they already know exactly how to do it. And you don't have to go into your whole explanation because they just get it.
0: And I think that's
1: where the big improvement and the big like, like movement for me has been kind of coming into freed. That's awesome. That's so good to hear. I guess that's a really good lead way into our
0: next question. Um, Knowing what you know now, what are three core things that you feel are most important when starting off a small business?
1: Sure. The most important thing is support and kind of accountability. So people, people that you can lean on, that you share your idea, even if it's just an idea in your head and you have no idea how you would execute it, share it with people that will keep you accountable, that will say to you in a month, so what have you done about that idea that you had? have you started anything? Where are we at? What have we moved on it? And also um, just to kind of bounce ideas off of, I know that we've had so much luck and just so much acceptance and understanding in our collaboration and our feedback efforts with Freed and just kind of, even if it's just like a one liner and moving one word back and forth and seeing like, Oh, I feel like this flows better. And when you, Share your thoughts, your ideas, your goals with other people, then they can help you achieve them and make sure that you're reaching your full potential. And then I also think, kind of along those lines, is like having a very clear goals and mission and kind of value proposition. So Get clear on exactly what you're doing, who you're serving, the problem you're solving, where you want your business to go, um, and just kind of like what core principles are important to you. So, this might be if you really, if it's really important to you to have a sustainable business, then that's something you need to establish from the beginning so that every decision that you make aligns with that so that you're hiring people who also care about sustainability so that when you seek out office space or when you're deciding on paper products that you might steer away from paper products and only do digital things because you want to be sustainable and like that's your mission. And when you're if you're shipping a product then you want to use sustainable products to ship things. Mm -hmm. And if that's not in kind of like your core, central, established goals and mission, then you'll have to backtrack. So you miss out and then you're confusing your customer and you're confusing yourself and Mm -hmm. making it more stressful for everyone around. And then I also think that it's super important in entrepreneurship to understand that yes, you have to make plans, you have to have goals, you have to set all these things. But also, at any given moment, everything could go by the wayside. Uh, (laughs) It's wild, wild west that if you go into it with an understanding that everything is not going to go down your to do list or along the exact path that you planned for, if you go into it with that understanding, then you're a heck of a lot better (laughs) off than um, if you expect everything is just going to go the way that you think it is because it's not. But in all honesty, it's probably going to be better for that.
0: Yes, exactly. It's always worth it.
1: Yeah. So knowing that,
0: where would you see yourself five years from now and your business? And what would you kind of tell yourself five years ago? Uh, Five years
1: ago, I was 20. (laughs) <laughs> a little baby. So I was young and naive. Um, I actually ended up dropping out of college after realizing that entre- not entrepreneurship, that engineering mm-hmm. was not for me, and that it was too hard. And I spent a lot of time feeling shame and feeling embarrassed about that. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like there's much more of an understanding that you know, you don't need a college degree, or it's not necessary for kind of all pathways. But even five years ago, it was still very much like you graduated from high school, you went and you got a four year degree. Mm -hmm. And then you got a job that you probably hated. Mm -hmm. and That was just the path. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I spent a lot of time feeling really embarrassed about that. And so I would love to go back and be able to be like, Maggie, it's okay. You're going to figure it out. (laughs) Um, And then I'd probably tell myself to spend a little bit less money on clothes. But... (laughs) (laughs) but you work for a stitch fit so you can get away with anything and it's just unlikely that that would have really stuck (laughs) (laughs) and then in terms of where do I see myself in five years which is such an exciting question in five years I plan to own a home that I love and get all my renovation project fixes through the house um, because I love a good home project. (laughs) And then I plan to be a part of building and operating three to five multi-million dollar businesses. Woo,
0: You go girl.
1: (laughs) This has been super fun,
0: Maggie. Thank you so much for spending time with us. I personally can't wait to see what you have in store. Thanks for having me, Jackie. This was a blast. Here at the Freed Fellowship, we are building a community of talented individuals ready to make theirs and others' business dreams come true. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you guys next time as we interview another fellow team member. And until then, don't forget to free your mind, free your media.